0: Welcome to Jim Wag, a podcast series hosted by me, Lisa Eaton. Over at GT, I'll be interviewing some of the region's most respected business leaders, CEOs, and CMOs to hear all about their journey and their experiences. So take a seat, pour a drink, and join us for an inspiring half hour of like minded chat. Welcome to The Ginwag. In this episode, I interview Joe Glover, founder of The Marketing Meetup. Joe started out as a young marketer in Cambridge in 2016 and started looking for a place to meet his peers and learn about the craft he loved. By his own admission, Joe wasn't the biggest fan of networking in person, often feeling nervous and intimidated walking into a room full of strangers. So Joe set out to create a space where everyone could feel comfortable and included, regardless of their title, background, age or what they were wearing. And the marketing meetup was born, hosting its first event in a canteen in Cambridge. While this started out as a hobby for Joe, quickly the group gained traction with other like-minded people and it continued to grow, taking new and unexpected directions in the most lovely way. Almost five years later and today the Marketing Meetups community is over 20,000 people strong, with weekly events which are completely free to access because of the amazing sponsorship Joe has built up. And just like the scale of the events, the speaker's profile has grown too. The marketing meetup community regularly hear from Oscar nominees, disabled rights champions and marketing heroes such as Mark Ritson, Rory Sutherland and many of the world's best known marketers. This is all wrapped up in weekly events, podcasts and a Facebook community to connect and educate marketers from across the world. In this time, Joe has never lost sight of what he set out to achieve in the very beginning, doing everything he loves with love and kindness in the pursuit of making you a better marketer. If you're in marketing, this is a community you really do want to be part of, led by one of the most genuinely lovely guys you'll ever meet. Here's Joe's story. So Joe, welcome to the Ginwag. We're going to be turning the tables a little bit today. And instead of you being the one who's interviewing, which is, I guess, how we mostly know you, the interviewer, um, I'm going to be interviewing you today. So you're going to be on the receiving end and the interviewee. Um, so it's really good to have you on the podcast. How are you doing, Joe?
1: It's wicked to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. It's Monday morning when we're recording this, so like it's first thing, but feeling good. Feeling very positive. The sun is shining. People are getting vaccinated. Life is good. So so yeah, I feel very lucky.
0: Good good news. So you are the founder of the Marketing Meetup, which is a community of 20,000 marketers. And this started out as a hobby for you back in 2016. Um, Tell me a little bit about the Marketing Meetup and and how it all came about, Joe.
1: So for me, it was, was, as you say, a hobby that started in the first instance. It was something that I was doing for the fun of it, really. Um, So I was a solo marketer working in a small company so I, I was in the company of three people. Um, so I think a lot of marketers could probably relate to that experience of having to do quite a lot of different things and stuff like that. It was my first job in marketing as well. And I knew that I wanted to learn about marketing and meet other marketers. But whenever I went to other networking events, and, and this isn't to slander them, but it was just my experience of it, um i'd go in and i'd just be so terrified you know people would be in their power suits They'd be chatting about budgets and you know because i was that that sort of young marketing executive equivalent person people weren't necessarily like willing to have like conversations with me they treat me as a job title rather than the human being i was and so really the marketing meetup was just a it was just an effort, really, to create a safe space where people could come and learn about marketing, meet other marketers, but first and foremost, uh, be treated as a human being that they are. Um, and and really, as I say, it was it was a hobby. It was a place where we came together in a canteen. It was nothing particularly formal, you know. But over the past five five years now, which is crazy, we've just created this really kind. Uh, place where people come together and, and genuinely do so in the spirit of of that kindness that, that we speak about. So yeah, that that's how it started. And, and over these past, past five years, just been making it up as I've been going along. Uh, but very happily so, you know, the growth has been a nice byproduct, I think, of actually just trying to look after people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love that, you know, everything that you've always stood for in the market and meetup has stood for is that, you know, be kind, that space where you feel really included, that, you know, people can come and just be themselves. And, um, you know, I, I would imagine that, that shift onto online was quite tricky because that was such a cultural feel it was embedded in the marketing meetup and the real life person events um but it really has continued and it you know it's, i think it's flourished for that and for me that's one of the reasons i absolutely love this community so much that you've built because that feeling is is really authentic it's really true but it's just so lovely yeah,
1: thank you it, honestly i i feel the same i feel lucky to be part of it you know and and, and like people are like oh well done you know well done on this thing you created and and that's great you know but the honest truth is that if it wasn't for the community turning up and putting their best foot forward and sort of acting in the same way then there's no way that 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 atmosphere would have been created people have actively chosen to come and sort of act in that way to behave in line with those values and so it's been a real team effort since day one um so i'm proud to have shared this experience with other people as much as i'm proud to have sort of contributed to it along the way. But, you know, thank you for saying such nice things. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Of course. Well, I can imagine the pandemic has been quite a shock to the system for you guys, because your work pre-COVID revolved all around, you know, networking events, in-person events, events, you were starting to go global. Mm -hmm. Um, How has the past year been for you?
1: (laughs) The past year has actually been like, with the obvious caveats that none of us wanted the pandemic to happen. Uh, in marketing meetup world, it's actually been phenomenal. Um, So to give context, we planned 140 events for 2020. So at the beginning of 2020, we just started in New York. We were looking forward to all these events around the UK and never mind what would have happened over the course of 2020 in terms of adding new locations and stuff like that. Obviously, when COVID uh, came and and we cancelled all our events on March the 13th, so I think we were like a week ahead of sort of lockdown starting and stuff like that. But it was quite clear that that was going to happen. We had to cancel the events and, and, you know, there wasn't really an immediate plan. You know, in fact, the, the first instance, it was just like, you know, we know we have to cancel and then we'll figure it out. Um, fortunately, after spending like literally maybe four or five days just feeling really, really sad and really, really, you know, sorry for myself, uh, I then decided to actually do something about it. And it was in that moment that I got in touch with the people like Rand Fishkin, Mark Ritz and Rory Sutherland and said, you know what, people are scared right now. Can we provide some normality for them? And the really lovely thing was that they said yes. And and that gave us an immediate sense of momentum behind the community and, and the webinars over this past year have enabled us to grow our audience. So around that time, it was about 11,000. We're about 24,000 people now in the community. Um, we were restricted to the geographical locations that we were running events in before, but now we're getting people turn up from Egypt and Macedonia and Greece, you know, every week and stuff like that. It's mad to see people joining from all around the world. Um, and really, you know, it's, it's not been the same. But it's been a different kind of community you know you see the chat feature on tuesday mornings and people are, are tuning in every week and saying hi you know and, and having a genuinely really good chat in 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 that feature and then also using the facebook group and stuff like that so i think in a weird kind of way even though we've not been able to be together physically it's brought us together in a different kind of way um which has been again as i say a great team effort by the on the part of the community because if they had chosen not to engage with it in that way uh it would never have happened but i, I think that speaks also to the spirit of the community and, and the context that we live in which is that people wanted a place where we could sort of find a place where we have a bit of commonality a bit of reassurance and unfortunately the true spirit of community and, and everything that the market to stands for was a good fit in, in that period of time so so we've been we've been lucky you know but also worked hard to make sure that we provide that safe space so uh so yeah it's been a good year in a way in a funny kind of way
0: <laughs> and it's strange because I'm starting to find lots of the conversations I'm having now with people are, are this really positive kind of out put um you know we've been through the chaos and we've been through the you know the really hard days and the tough days and that's not to say that there's still you know some out there I'm sure there are but it's almost that you know what has come out of um this you know this crazy last year has been so positive in a way and you know as you say you're now reaching a truly global audience with you know more than doubled your you know your audience and your community size and people are still there they're engaging it hasn't been a moment in time that they've then lost interest and that obviously is down to you guys providing you know, amazing value and and that, you know, that support for people. But it really does open the world to a much, you know, a a much wider place, a much more exciting place in a sense that you can really influence communities all over the world now and not just here in the UK.
1: Absolutely. Well we've all had that common experience, haven't we? We've all experienced this past year. And and like it or not, you know, it would have impacted us impacted us all. So we've all got a common thread now. You know, we've all got something that unites us. And even beyond you know in the marketing meetup we speak to marketers but like as people you know there are, everyone's had a tough year in one, one way or another and so to be able to sort of say to each other you know what well, I'm actually going to support you and I'm actually going to look after you and, and stuff like that it's been a really pleasant experience in, in that sense you know so obviously nobody wanted anyone to get sick but I think there's been some things that have come out of it which have been good and the last thing I would say um it's just about it also forced change in the marketing meetup. So I was traveling four days a week to run marketing events in the evenings, you know, and stuff like that. I was missing my wife, I was getting home at like 11, 12 o'clock in the night if, if, if that was nearby. And really, this has forced me and, you know, to, to take a step back and sort of say, well, what can we do when we go back to the real world to make sure I'm not doing that? You know, I've had a, got a 12-week-year-old daughter at home now as well. So I'm not going to be the dad who's not there, you know. And, and in that kind of way, it was a good opportunity to sort of hit the reset button. Um, so I hope other people are taking that opportunity too and, and won't just go back to like what we did before just because it was what we did before. It would be nice to be a bit more conscious and mindful of of our actions going back
0: yeah completely and I think it's given us all a lot of perspective um, and also you know the ability to be able to balance much better you know the the norm doesn't have to be the norm anymore we can make it up we can you know we've shown we can adapt to any situation that we're thrown into and you know we can survive as people and as businesses (laughs) so um, you know we can write our own you know we can write our own future to a degree now isn't that um, exciting? <laughs> i know it's so cool it's really cool yeah. um so i'm just going to take you back a little bit now joe um way back when to before the marketing meetup when you were just a young young one out there how did you find yourself in marketing was it planned was it accidental <laughs> yeah.
1: hopefully it wasn't too far away back when so i, I started marketing in no i, I left university in 2014 um, and I took my first role as an SAP consultant, uh, which was about a million miles away from marketing. Um, and I, I'm very honest in, in that the only reason I took that job was for the money. Uh, in fact, I was sold on the line of, uh, you will be earning 100 grand after five years. And, and you know, I'd had this secret competition going on with my dad that I wanted to earn more than him. You know, So that, that was a ticket to doing that. And, and that's how I judged my life, how I judged my success. Um, what I found is after about four months I was just having a miserable time and it wasn't the people it was just the job I just wasn't interested at all and, and in that environment where you're on the track to earning 100 grand after five years you are doing the 14 hours days you are doing the 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 hotels in Slough where you're having the same meals every night and stuff like that and and so it just wasn't right for me Um while that was going on I was still blogging about social media so that was something that I I just have like a natural affinity to, um, I've always enjoyed writing and I like being around people, or I certainly like sharing thoughts and, and sort of interacting with people, particularly online. I think that's a safe space for me. So because I was still writing about that, I was like, well, I might as well give this marketing thing a go and I'll be completely honest in that I thought marketing and social media were exactly the same things. Um, and it was only really when I was in my first marketing role that I started to appreciate it's a lot more than that. Um, So it was planned in a sense, um, but accidental in in another, which was that social media uh, sort of led me down the broader marketing route.
0: So, Joe, just talking on that, there has been a lot of debate recently um, all over social about um, self-taught marketers being better marketers. Um, Mark Whitson himself got in, involved in this conversation and there's been some really mixed views on this. Um, what is your view on this? Do you believe you need to have a marketing degree to enter and succeed in the marketing world or not?
1: so uh, for me I I saw the debate and it was really interesting to see uh, Mark versus Rand you know so Mark Ritson versus Rand Fishkin they were sort of the two figureheads on the different sides of the argument Um, I'm actually a bit of a hypocrite when it comes to this so uh, my marketing experience is self-taught but what I would say is that I actually fall into the camp that Mark Ritson was uh, sort of sitting on the side of, which is that a trained marketer is probably a better marketer. And the reason why I say that is I don't think you need a marketing degree, but I do think you need certain fundamental understanding of what marketing is before you're able to sort of go out there and, and do our job particularly well. Um, I say that from personal experience that for the first four years of my career, I was fairly mediocre you know I, I, I was all right at marketing but I didn't really understand what it was Um, and the, the the impact of that was that because I didn't have a definition of marketing I was kind of just doing stuff you know I, I was doing a bit of social media here I was doing a bit of blog posts I was, you know doing a bit of email marketing and stuff like that but none of it really had any purpose and when you don't have purpose in your action and, and really a thoughtfulness in your head you just end up doing things you know and and you think you're doing marketing but you know there's no way of really judging success there's no real way of sort of saying yeah you know what Uh, I'm I'm doing a good job and and so I think these fundamental skills of marketers having a definition so for me it's uh, meeting the needs of the customer um, and then it has a commercial edge to it too Um, But then some models such as Mark Ritson's diagnosis, strategy and tactics is really useful. Uh, Then applying stuff like the marketing life cycles, awareness, consideration, purchase, retention, advocacy. All these models that are just like really useful to frame your thinking, to actually give your action purpose. So I think I learned it the hard way, but I'm sure that people could fast track their learning for five, six years by just sitting down and investing in not even a course necessarily, but just watching talks or, or having a more structured approach to their learning. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think being a trained marketer is a good thing. I don't think you need a marketing degree, uh, but I think, you know, sort of investing in some sort of formal learning is probably a good thing.
0: Yeah. And it's really interesting because my story is almost identical to that in the sense that I um, I, I started in sales and accidentally fell into marketing, but loved it and spent the first half of my career not really having a clue what I was doing, you know, doing things like you were doing, just doing stuff without any purpose, without any measurement, without any strategy behind it, um, and really spent a long time learning the hard way of what works and what doesn't work. And, um, you know, I guess the whole point of where I've got to now is that the is it, well, we've never found that training out there that can really help you outside of academic or theory, um, you know, with the day-to-day stuff that marketers have to deal with, you know, being able to analyze data and make those gut decisions and prioritizing budgets and understanding the customer, you know, all that really kind of interesting stuff. Um, hence, building Fabric, I guess. This podcast is brought to you by Fabric. A training academy that empowers the most ambitious marketers to thrive. You're already a marketer or you want to get into marketing. You have ambition like no other and are driven to be the best at what you do. So, how can you make sure you make a big impact wherever you go? Well, we're here to share over 20 years of experience and industry insights in just 12 weeks. By the end of our programme, you'll know how to build a marketing strategy that delivers big time business impact, show how valuable you are through effective reporting. And help your organization smash targets and reach its goals. Get ready to be the change that propels organizations forward. Nail your next interview, review, or board meeting and make yourself the marketer that every business wants. To find out more, visit fabric-academy.com. How important to you is continuous learning? Is that something you continually invest in and spend time on?
1: Well I mean almost by definition then the marketing meetup is an exercise in in continuous learning Um, it was one of the key pillars of of why I started the group in the first place and I guess I'm privileged that every week I get to sit down for an hour and invest in my own learning uh, by listening to an incredible marketing person or indeed a a not marketing person uh, come and and speak to the community and uh, even though I'm the host I'm also the someone sat there learning I, I definitely you know don't know everything by any means so uh, so I sit there with my mouth agape with some of the most amazing th- things that these people speak about so um so yeah I mean continuous learning is just one of those principles that I think I don't think we should take it for granted because I think in marketing circles and within certain communities it's almost seen as like a given but I think if you step out into the wider population, you'll actually get an appreciation that quite a lot of people coast through their careers just fine. You know, and, 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 you know, continuous learning, you say that to someone and, and they wouldn't know why it would be, you know, but for, if, for a certain percentage of people, it's really, really important. And I wouldn't be surprised if those are the people who sort of, quote unquote, get ahead, you know, because they are investing in themselves a lot more. So yeah. uh, I think it's, it's absolutely vital.
0: Yeah, And any advice for marketers in terms of how to stay up to date with trends or techniques or technologies outside of, I guess, your continuous learning with the, you know, the job that you do? Is there any other methods that you use, anything that you're obsessed with that you think is great?
1: Uh, I, I kind of want to give the, 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 the cliche marketing answer, which is that curiosity piece. Um, but I, let's let's actually unpack the cliche a little bit and, and just say actually doing stuff. You know, so um, even if you're the CMO of whoever, you know, it still pays to know uh, the theory behind AdWords and sort of be able to put together a basic campaign. You know, it still be it pays to know how Facebook works and, and be able to do that. How to upload a podcast? You know, writing the strategy. You know, actually having your 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 head in the weeds and actually sort of spending a little bit of time understanding that sort of stuff is, is really really important. The one thing that I would say. On this however is that it's really important also to step away from this infatuation with tactics that everyone seems to have you know actually most trends in marketing don't really impact most people you know I, I don't say this to show off or even with pride but most of the tactics that I use today are, are the same that I was using nine ten years ago um, you know with tweaks of course but you know the, the, the marketing industry does move fast but it also moves slow you know and particularly on the strategic point of view if you know what people want there's no point to, you know reinventing the wheel every five minutes just because there's something fresh and new uh, we saw this a few weeks ago with clubhouse and stuff like that you know it was it was the most the reason why i sort of pick on that one in particular was it was the most brazen example of people saying you need to be doing this thing you know and people were like oh my god you're gonna miss out if you're not on clubhouse and stuff like that I mean half the population couldn't even access it because it was an android for one but the other thing was you know it was fine but now like twitter spaces exists facebook are doing something similar linkedin are doing something similar so you've got all this sort of functionality that's going to exist on the existing platforms and not everyone's going to be on clubhouse anymore you know and and you could have invested six seven eight nine weeks in in sort of building this amazing channel only to see your engagement sort of go down by three quarters or whatever so you know, I really try to step away from that sort of tactical thing and, and sort of say, what are the things that matter? You know, it's the customer, it's knowing your messaging, it's knowing the way that you can help people. And if you're doing all those things, then for the most part, you're gonna be absolutely fine on the tactical level because it becomes quite, quite apparent as well what you need to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really great advice because we often get, um, especially when we're working with clients on the agency side, you know, something new comes out and they're they're keen to for us to jump on it and try it and we we're often you know stick to our guns we know what we're working towards we know what the goals are the tactics we're doing are working perfectly well often that can be nothing more than this shiny new lovely thing that's the distraction the bigger goals um so yeah i think that's great advice <laughs> it,
1: it, it, the, the flip side of course is that you know it always pays to try these things out but you know i make a decision quickly you know don't don't live in the gray space you know and and it's fine it's in fact very important that you test stuff and are curious about these things but you know don't get caught up with it just for the sake of it right
0: yeah perfect so your tone of voice let's chat a little bit about that joe because your tone <laughs> of voice is so unique and memorable um, you know you can you could put your newsletter in in the mix of 50 different newsletters and i could blindly pick out yours just uh, <laughs> that's and, that. um, <laughs> and that's a real it's a real technique so is this something that you've developed over a period of time or did you just sit down and start writing as yourself how have you how have you defined that tone of voice
1: uh, so um the tone of voice is just mine, you know, it's just like, it's just what comes out of my head. And, and most of the newsletters that come out from the marketing meetup are written over the course of an hour or two. Um, if it's a short one, it could be 10 minutes and, and just goes out to the community. You know, there's not, there's not like a, a formula for it necessarily. There's definitely templates, but the tone of voice is just like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and help you and I'm going to do my genuine best. So I'm just going to write that, write that down. You know, the only things that really seem to matter that I really edit myself on are making sure that it's written for the benefit of the other person reading rather than just being about me. Uh, But that side, you know, maybe this is one of the the greatest joys of being self-employed is that I can use that tone of voice as my own and nobody's going to pull me up for it. You know, and and even if they do, that's kind of okay. I think there's a confidence that I have in my own tone that some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. I remember once I was re- just flicking through LinkedIn and there was someone speaking about my newsletters and this guy said, ah, oh, I unsubscribed from that newsletter because I just couldn't stand the guy's tone of voice. And I honestly, like it just made me so, so happy because like, if you're not, if you're not making some people really cross and some people really happy, then then you're not doing anything at all. You know, so, so this guy, you know, absolutely made my day. And I remember that. And his his exact quote was, um, those emails make my toes curl. So the thing that I do now really is, is I aim to make people's toes curl either in a really positive or negative direction. Um, but there's, there's nothing particularly scientific about it. It's just writing for the benefit of the person uh, having a little bit of fun with it as well because like at the end of the day everything's too serious um, and yeah it is just I enjoy writing as well I think I think that's one of the things that it feels like a safe space for me to sort of express myself in a way yeah. So uh, so and yeah
0: I think that really comes through you know I think that you can read some newsletters that you feel like you know have been written very formally or with a real sales agenda behind them but they're trying to hide it under lots of cool and fluffy poppy um and that's why i love yours they're just you know just very easy read and you know with a real you can tell the user is absolutely the forefront of mind when you're writing them um you know and there's no agenda there at all um so yeah you know keep going with them they're great thank
1: you i I think that thank you and I, i think that speaks to a truth in broader marketing which is if you like the thing that you're selling or you know you you can be honest in the sense that you feel like you're adding value into someone else's life by doing what you're doing then like there's no hiding required there's no sort of like gump around it it's just like yep, yeah, you know i'm doing this thing and i'd love you to be part of it because i think it's going to benefit you you know and if you're able to do that then then it's a real gift um so And I'm pretty sure that most people, even if they don't think it right now, probably could find a way to sort of spin that in their own heads so they're able to to write in that same way too, I imagine
0: yeah so just thinking about the future a little bit here which is a bit of a strange thing for us all at the moment because we've all been living so much in the moment the future just seemed like an impossible thing to consider um but i mean guess that things are starting to open up now and we're able to be out in the world again with people what is your first in-person event going to look like and do you think it will be webinars forevermore or is it going to be a mix of the two
1: Oh yeah. So I'll I'll answer the last bit first. So webinars will definitely stay. Um, So our community is now worldwide. There's no way that I'll be able to get away with just sort of cutting them out. And I wouldn't want to, you know, there's so many amazing people that contributed to this community from Amsterdam to South Africa to, you know, America, that if we were to stop webinars, you know, all of a sudden they'd be turned off, you know, and that's not fair. So, So they'll definitely be there um as for the first event it's going to be mad right <laughs> it's going to be weird <laughs> um i don't know i mean i've thought about it a lot and i guess it depends when we do it so i haven't got any concrete plans on on when we do our first event that's the first thing to say um but i do have like in the back of my mind i'd love to try and do something in like september sort of time which you know what is 4 months away or so and hopefully the world is looking even more open by that point um and if that's the case then i imagine we'll probably still have a bit of they'll probably it'll be one of two ways right did you see like the uh the first concert the other day which had like four thousand people yeah. at it yeah and, and like the joy on those people's faces was amazing yeah. <laughs> so, like, so that's what i hope for there'll be that sort of real release and and that moment of joy and even if it's a marketing networking event you know, like it'll just be a group of mates getting together about something they love. You know, and and they'll hopefully be that element which is just a real release and, and a real lovely thing. What I can also imagine though is that there will be a bit of hesitation about things. And so, one of the things about the marketing meetup that we always used to do was buy pizzas in. And like, there's a part of me which is like. I don't think we're going to do like a buffet, you know, this time around, because it just feels weird to sort of put your hands on something else that other people would then eat and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, there's probably going to be those sort of small changes where we're like, probably not going to do pizza, but we'll have drinks. And, and, you know, we might ask people to just take a meter, what meter step away from each other nonetheless. Um, but that side, you know, it will be, it'll just be a celebration of people getting together, I think. and And hopefully, just really really enjoying it you know and 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 able to sort of release themselves from that that fear and anxiety that we've all had for this past year um and if we're able to do that then it will be a wicked event so uh so yeah it, it's it's something i thought about a lot but um who knows it, you know the world we were speaking before we went live about your holiday and like you've booked one but like who knows what the world's gonna look like in two months you know just <laughs> so.
0: yeah you gotta hope and i guess You know, I think we will be all more than ready for whatever event you put on next time. (laughs) There'll be a rush of people ready to come and support you in that face-to-face event, whatever it looks like. And I think you're right. It'll just be a really cool group of people getting together. Some that will almost know each other from your community of being a regular who will never have met in person. So really good opportunity for people to get to, you know, get to see each other in real life. But yeah, we'll we'll wait and see what that looks like, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait either
0: so i guess you you've gone about building this incredible community we've talked about that all the way through but not just a huge community an unbelievably engaged one a really loyal one a one that absolutely loves what you stand for and is you know huge a huge part of that what advice would you give to someone who's starting out or struggling to grow that online community
1: so this is big you know i've I've done a full hour talk on this and, and i'll probably write the book on on this one day in fact i'm Partway through it. So, like, I will publish that book one day. Um, it depends what stage people are at, right? You know, so I, I gave the talk I gave the other day was sort of broken down into three acts there was the establishment, the sort of the getting the first bit of traction together, there was a growth stage, and then there was a, a pivoting stage. And I can only speak it from experience rather than give advice, but I, there's some things that you can pick out from each stage so in the initial traction stage it's all about elbow grease it's about turning up day after day week after week month after month um looking to help people in the most sincere way and also knowing the problem that you're solving but also the way that you bring a unique perspective to things so for example with the marketing meetup then there's nothing new about a marketing networking group you know i mean there's quite a lot of them out there um but that being said you know we brought something new to it because we were speaking about humanity and people coming together and being positively lovely you know which is a phrase that people have picked up from the marketing meetup and sort of replay back to us so the first bit of advice there is is one about um knowing what you bring into the to a community and you know adding something different to the conversation i think that's really important and then just keep on turning up uh, John Asperian, who is a great writer, uh, recommends a 30-month mindset. And I, I'd recommend that for anyone doing anything, really, whether it's a podcast or a community or whatever, just keep plugging away for 30 months. You know, if you get to the end of that and you're like, no, still rubbish, then you know you've given your best your best chance. But most people, and and me included on, on some of my projects, you know, give up after a few weeks if there's not that initial traction and stuff like that. And the truth is that isn't long enough. If you're going to build something significant, you measure it in decades, you don't measure it in in months, you know, so so give it the best effort. In the sort of growth stage, then you need to start involving other people. It can't just be on you, you know, so um, at that stage, you know, you need to be sort of thinking about, Uh, things like processes and things like uh, how you're going to communicate to people and how you're going to delegate and all that sort of stuff and I know that sounds mad for someone just starting a community right now but it comes and it came to me and if I'm honest it's still something I'm really bad at is sort of delegating beyond me you know the organizers who run the local events around the country and around the world they haven't had a ton of communication from me over the past year because like I've been in heads down mode and I've been like you know I'm just I'm doing and I'm, I'm not sharing. And and, and that, if I had my time again, I'd do something about that because uh, that's not good. Um, and then the last thing is in the last stage, it was all about pivoting. And this speaks to the marketing meetup journey, but I think it's also uh, a lesson that I learned from, from growing the marketing meetup, which is about truly understanding what community is about. Community isn't your customer base. It isn't people who, uh, it's not a broadcast, it's it's a network of people who uh, agree to communicate and meet with one another beyond the the circumstances and, and the opportunities that you present. Uh, and with that in mind, then with the marketing meetup, then I spent a lot of time thinking we were an events company. So pre-COVID, I was like, well, we run events. It was only actually after COVID started that I realized that it didn't matter what we did. It was the community spirit that actually made the marketing meetup special. And with that in mind, I, I think I'd encourage anyone who wants to start a community to make sure that they're doing it for the right reasons. They know why they're doing it, they know how they're doing it, but then also keep in mind that the thing they're doing for the community right now is probably going to shift and change over the course of time. So, you know, if you're doing events tomorrow, you might be doing a podcast tomorrow, uh, the day after, you know, and and that's okay, um, so long as you've always got that spirit in mind of looking to give first. Um, so. It depends where you are in building your community, um, but there's plenty of opportunities and just give it some time.
0: Yeah. And I think, honestly, that's, probably the best advice that little last piece there joe in terms of you know know why you're building your community and so many businesses um or or people in general aim to build a community to sell to them um -hmm. you know and it it just doesn't work that way you know building a community as you said and exactly as you've demonstrated through the marketing meetup it's all about giving value and being helpful and supportive and not having a profit agenda behind that um you know and that's when you see real success and real authenticity in those communities so yeah that's really great advice I think people will take that on board for sure so what do you look for in a speaker then Joe? because you've had some really really cool speakers over the last couple years Um, what makes a good guest Um, you know what are you really kind of looking for when you're out there searching for people
1: um i think i think there's a few things so the first thing is i'll probably talk about a ratio so a ratio of a great speaker or a great talk is probably actually 60 40 in the favor of someone who can present well over the content they're presenting so for example if you look at someone like rory sutherland i mean the brain the brain on that man is phenomenal but like you can watch him for like three hours speak and you're encapsulated and you come out at the end of the talk and you're like I know I had a really lovely time, but I can't remember a thing that he said, you know? <laughs> and it's not because, you know, the content is bad. The content is phenomenal, but it comes at such a rate of knots that, you know, you know that you had a brilliant time, but, but you know, reflecting on it, you, you, you sort of need to decompress. And with that in mind, I think there's a bunch of people doing amazing things out there, but if they're not able to speak about it in an eloquent or entertaining way or wrap their story up or wrap their talk up in a story, a lot of it can form quite dry. So that would be my first thing. I, I think I always look for someone who can speak eloquently and then put together a great message. The second thing is, of course, the content. So it has to be about something interesting. Um, and for that reason, you know, I spend a lot of time sort of looking for the best person in whatever, whatever space. Um, and usually I'll start with a topic on that. So for example, you know, SEO, uh, we get Mary Iwusu, who is like phenomenal. And she is amazing at both sides of this. You know, she is a great speaker. And then she's also got the experience in the technical area to, to display it. Um, and then, you know, there's part of it which is just gut feel. You know, I mean, like you look at someone like you and, and, you know, you exude an energy that sort of attracts people, you know, in, in the most lovely way. And, and, you know, so you're the type of person where you go, yeah, you know what? They're going to give a great impression of themselves and, the marketing meetup community to anyone who's engaging on on the first time or or the 50th and it's for that reason you want to put people like you on 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 the stage you know so it's there's a bit of i don't want to call it magic because that sounds like highfalutin and, and like it's really impressive you know but there's a bit of gut in it and there's a bit of science um, and then the last thing i'd say is that you have to learn and you have to listen all the time so Last Thursday and Friday, my uh, my right-hand man on everything Marketing Meetup and I spent a lot of time, uh, spent two full days on back-to-back meetings for, with 20-minute interviews. So I think we did about 32 interviews over two days with Marketing Meetup community members. And I was under the impression that folks wanted talks that began with the words how-to, that were very tactical um, and were very much like you need to do this step, this step, this step, this step to get this result actually the thing that we heard back from the community was that some of the talks that they enjoyed the most weren't those ones where it was like very specific it was a little bit more inspirational you know so had i not taken the time to speak with the community there's no way i would have found out that insight and we would have ended up just curating a bunch of talks that weren't what they wanted um so the last thing is that it's not just about me it's about finding out what people actually want and uh and on that last point, just speak to your customers, no matter what you do, if, if it's a community or what, just speak to your customers. Everyone says it, but it took me five years to actually do it in a, in a formalized way. Yeah. My brain is busting with ideas right now uh, because of because of those two days. It doesn't take that much, so speak to your customers
0: yeah and that that's so true and can be so powerful you know it's nothing in terms of cost but other than your investment of time but the value and the insight and then the ideas as you say that you can get from that not only are you serving your community with the absolute content and you know the the value that they want but you know you're you're finding out all sorts about them what makes them tick what problems they have what they're looking to you know get over what you know it just gives you such good knowledge and you know we're huge advocates of this in both both fabric and written about you can never speak to your customers enough
1: 100 if you can formalize it. I mean do you guys formalize that do you do you have like a thing where you like every three weeks you go out to a customer I mean how, how do you work it
0: yeah we do as soon as a cohort's over we go and we survey that cohort and then we build a like for like of people we've never met before and we go and survey that audience as well um so we try and get a really good balance of um, I guess, our customer insights on a really, really regular basis, normally every six to eight weeks. So just thinking about that, Joe, who would be the dream guest? Is there anybody out there that you know would just absolutely be the perfect? Is there such a thing as good or bad?
1: <laughs> I like how you phrased that question, actually, because like I've been working hard at the moment on on that, that last piece on good or bad. Um, I spent too much time in my life, you know, trying to be good at you know be perceived at being good at something but i only realized quite recently that there's no such thing as good really there's just like good by the metrics that you choose at, in that moment of time uh so for example you know there's no such thing as being a good marketing manager but you can write a, a, an email that sort of resonates and gets a good open rate you know that doesn't make you a good marketing manager that just means that you did a good email um with that in mind that however you know there are some speakers who bring a certain something to the marketing meetup that we haven't had before um, so Stephen Bartler is the first and and so Stephen is I think 18 months younger than me so you know he's but obviously done absolutely incredibly in this time but as I was growing up and, and sort of being around the same age he was always someone I looked to and sort of thought you know he's doing cool things I'd love to sort of be part of his journey and I remember with the marketing meetup in Cambridge which was the first location i remember getting in touch with him before his journey sort of really really kicked off and said you know do you want to come and speak at the marketing meetup i remember at the time he said uh i will do for 500 quid um which, like, I imagine his rate is is quite significantly more right now. So, like, at the time, you know, it's probably the deal of the century. Looking back on it, um, but he, he's one that I'd love to get just because I think he's an interesting dude, um, and he's, he seems very thoughtful. Um, and we had Ash Jones, uh, who's the personal branding expert behind part of his journey as well. So it would be great to hear Stephen's side on on that sort of thing. Um, the other is. The quintessential marketing answer but you know the godfather of marketing is Seth Godin and uh, someone that I admire on a level which I guess not everyone will do which was when the lockdown started he was one of the people I got in touch with and said you know will you do a talk with the marketing Meter? and we actually had a few back and forth about it um, the reason why that amazed me was that his inbox must be chocker every single day you know with people asking him to do stuff and he still took the time to speak with me. You know, we didn't we didn't end up getting the, there with the talk on that time, but we will do one day. Um, you know, but as someone who myself is terrible on email, that was a real inspiration for me as someone who's taking the time to speak to whoever, you know, wants to take the time to value him. So not only just from a marketing perspective, but also from a human perspective, he was someone that um, I really admire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, both of those would be phenomenal guests, but I've also just finished Stephen's book. And, you know, I think the community that you've built would really benefit from that, that discussion, you know, very frank, very honest, very open, no bullshit, you know, just mm-hmm. a real honest inspirational journey of how he's gone from where he was to where he is and all the fascinating things that he's, you know, learned about himself, but also about the industry along the way. Yeah. So- um, and he's still so, so yeah.
1: young as well though that's the crazy thing you know if you think of what he's done in these past few years and what's to come that's 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 mental too
0: yeah yeah well we'll um, we'll definitely champion you for that one if there's any um <laughs> any support you around there we'll be there <laughs> um okay so just starting to wrap up now joe a couple of little ones to finish what i mean you, you know you talked about how you constantly learn from the webinars the speakers you know the community themselves what's the best piece of advice you've ever heard from one of your guests? <laughs>
1: uh, it's actually not from my guests. Uh, it was from my dad. Um, so <laughs> my wow. my best, best piece of advice that I've ever been given is is never give advice. Um, and, and so, you know, I always caveat anything that I do uh, in business, in life with, I'm happy to share experience or opinions, but I, I never give advice because you can never appreciate the full context of, of people's situations. Um, and then if people don't follow your advice, inevitably it becomes very disappointing. So uh, so I think that's, that's one thing. All I can say is I've learned a phenomenal amount from all of the speakers, but all in different directions. Uh, one thought that does come to mind uh, if I was to give a proper answer would be uh, Graham Robertson, who wrote a book called Beloved Brands. He's a Canadian chap. And uh, he tells a story of when he was a senior executive at, uh, I don't want to get the company wrong, so I'm not going to speculate, but it was like, it was one of the big impressive companies. And he was a senior executive there and, and a, a junior came up to him with a press release. And Graham asked him the question, do you love this? And the guy sort of went, well, you know, not really, you know, it's fine. And he said, come back to me when you love this. You know and 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 that's something that stuck with me is that you know if you can if you can't honestly answer the question do you love this about something you're putting out into the world then it's probably not quite there just yet so i always try to keep that in mind the other half of that is that sometimes there is just stuff that needs to be done and so at least you're making a conscious choice on like choosing not to love it but at least you've had that thought process Um, So that stuck with me a lot. And and I think that's probably quite a good piece of advice that someone else has given me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that piece from your dad is great because I think people want to hear from experience. You know, they want they don't always want to be told the solution. They don't always want to be told what to do. Um, You know, people take that in very different ways, even if those who ask for advice don't often want it or follow it. Um, but sharing an experience, I think, is a phenomenal way to help support somebody and help them make their own choices whilst giving them, you know, a little bit of, of, like, foundational support there or or something that you've been through, a similar experience. So I think that's really great. And I think, you know, that comes across on lots of like, everything that you've spoken about, actually, on this podcast. I think you've always started with, well, in my experience. And I think people really resonate with that. It feels very authentic. So it's
1: cool. yeah. Yeah, I, Either that or super political. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <just> <laughs> avoiding the answer. (laughs) (laughs)
0: love it okay joe so we're coming to the end now and just one last question for you um what does the future hold what does it hold for the marketing meetup what does it hold for you what can we look forward to
1: uh you know i can go as deep as you like on this answer but i think the most important thing for me is that i leave a little imprint on the world which is like the world's a little bit kinder than it would have been without me there does that make sense hopefully it does um and, and so really that's that sort of speaks to legacy so really the marketing meetup is an exercise in kindness it's not really an exercise in marketing education anymore it, it's just like a place where people could come together and be kind so so that's the most important thing um that means that the future really is just about providing opportunities to be kind and whether that's a charity whether that's the continued growth of the marketing meetup. Right now, I consider the marketing meetup in a stage where we're scaling kindness, um, which is horrible as a phrase, but I think is also just, you know, probably true. You know, we've got 24,000 people in the community right now and we've got to find a way to make sure that we uh, maintain the values that we set out to do. You know, it's not just about services or whatever. It's about providing a genuine sense of community and love. Uh, and with that in mind, then then that's how we'll continue to run the community. so so really, whatever we do, the things that we do, it's all built off that foundation of of community of kindness. Um, and then on a personal level, I'll be doing exactly the same as well. so so yeah, exciting. Amazing.
0: amazing. well, can't wait to be involved with whatever whatever you guys bring bring through this this next year. and any marketers out there who are listening, I'm sure most of our listeners are in the marketing community or arena somehow check out the marketing meetup if you haven't already we'll share all the links in the bios and so on um but joe thank you so much there's been so many interested learnings and little bits of ex- experiential advice in there um really <laughs> cool to have you on thank you so much keep doing what you're doing you're doing amazing things for marketing and we're right behind you so
1: thank you for taking time and thank you for you know inviting me along i really appreciate it
0: Well, that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed this, please do share with your friends, your network, rate us and do subscribe so we can keep you updated with future episodes. Until then, take care.